Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So, you know, I have been thinking that a lot of people want to improve society. God has been working with me not to be such a cynic. Because I am. However, I think one of the things I want to work on is being more, being better able to communicate to other people what we can do to actually improve society. And I think one of the fundamental breakdowns in many people's approach to improving and growing society is the fundamental flaw of not understanding humanity. Even the Marxists, as much as I despise Marxism, as much as I think Marxism is the greatest threat facing America next to our own human sinfulness, I think most people who subscribe to the Marxist or the progressive worldview mean well. And that's something I have to remember. The many of them mean well. I know, I know I'm actually saying it out loud. However, even in their intent to mean well, their severe misguidance, their severe flaw of understanding humanity is still going to cause more death than life. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. Welcome to Installa Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So, as I was saying in the introduction, I have to remember, and God has been working on me in this regard, as speaking the truth boldly, but in love, remember that the people that I'm complaining about are fellow image bearers. They also are Imago Dei, meaning they were made in the image of God. And I'm trying to be more humble and not calling everyone an idiot. Now, that doesn't mean that my feelings subside, that most people are, not most people, that many people are completely clueless. Um, <laughs> however, I'm going to work at being more humble in my communication. How does that sound? Okay, so with that being said, I realized something, not realized something, but something that I haven't discussed on the show. A few months ago, I gave a speech talking about why we need to preserve Christianity in America in order to preserve our nation. Now, I'm not one of these people who've made an idol of America and act like preserving America is the most important thing. No, the souls of humanity as a whole is the most important thing that we need to focus on. However, I do care about my nation. I love my nation. I live in my nation. And of course, if America falls, guess what? All of us are going to have a lot of problems. And that's the funny part for the people that are like, let America burn. Okay, well, if America falls apart, you think the people who rise to power are going to suddenly look out for you because you hate the former nation? You're funny. Okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen. However, 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 America's designed to function for a free people. Free people are moral people because the government grows the more depraved we become as humanity. That's what happens. The government grows in response to our behavior. Perfect example is gun control. Now, I don't know. You know, I'm 35, so some of my memories are a little on the later side. Me, the, the Earl, the, uh, when I say later, let me say, you know, I don't know what happened in the 70s based on what I, only what I read in history books can I know about. However, gun control, the conversation about gun control, to me, 
didn't seem to really reach to a national level, and start at least, until after Columbine. Prior to that, people having guns was normal. A lot of schools had shooting classes. But suddenly after Columbine, a lot of our attitude around guns start to change, especially certain types of guns. Why? Because you had a guy walk into a high school and kill a bunch of his classmates. So when you start to have an uptick of these what we call mass shooters, they're different from spree killers and serial killers. A mass shooter literally walks into the place, a building or what have you, and just kills as many people as they want. When that happened, now we've got to talk about guns. Now, if the guys who committed the Columbine massacre saw all the people in there as being made in the likeness and image of God, if they had been filled with the Holy Spirit, they would have never done that. Alec de Tocqueville, when he came to America, he commented, commented or noted that in order for America to survive, they must preserve Christianity at all costs. Because in order for the government to not interfere in our lives, people have to be moral. When you think about poverty in America, a lot of one of the main drivers in poverty of poverty in America is women who are unable to care for their children. Financially, uh, emotionally, psychologically, academically, because they're single parents. But however, in our society, if we promoted more sexual restraint and sexual chastity in our society, many of these instances wouldn't occur in the first place. Not all. We know there's divorce. Sometimes the woman, her husband dies and all that. Or you have cases where a woman is getting severely abused. And we know that. But in many cases, that's not what's driving the poverty. Or a lot of people are poorly educated. However, the scripture offers a solution to everything that ails man. I remember a, a couple weeks ago, not a couple weeks ago, weeks ago, I think last week I was reading out of Thessalonians where Paul was telling the, the uh, church in Thessalonica to make sure that you earn an income or make sure that you take care of yourself, that you depend on no one and you don't depend on people for anything. A man who does not work shall not eat. So those are principles for an independent society. See, the beauty of the gospel is it's supposed to change the person from within because of their relationship with God. It's not a totalitarian worldview where the government comes and tells you what to do. God doesn't tell you what to do. If God doesn't tell me what to do, then who is another man to? God simply tells me what I should do if I want to be in fellowship with him. He tells me what I should do if I want eternal life. He tells me what I should do if I want a good life, relatively speaking, on this earth. It is up to me whether or not I want to follow it. However, when individuals cannot control themselves, the society at large will jump in and control the individual. That's why we have prisons. People are in prison because they've been unable to control their behavior. And their behavior has become a menace on other people. Therefore, those individuals have to be removed from, from society. In the biblical time, there were penalties. Lots of times it was stoning would be the penalty. Because again, we cannot have people who are committing crimes, who are stealing, who are robbing, raping, doing these things, just walking through society. However, if people control themselves, what jobs would our police really have? Think about it. I mean, if, if they would really be out of business. The only reason why we have a police force is because individuals have a habit of not controlling themselves. If people didn't speed, who would the police need to pull over? 
The only thing our police would need to do is maybe direct traffic if a light went out or if there was a busy game. They would really have no job. But the reason why they have the job, the reason why many prisons are filled is because individuals can't control themselves. And that brings me to my next point. So a couple days ago, President Trump was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he talked to the pastor, um, the, a, a pastor who was Jacob Blake's, uh, who was, not is Jacob Blake's mother's pastor. And he was in the pastor, to me, made the most wise comment of everybody. To me, he made the most wise comment of 2020. Because I don't know anything about this man, but I'm just saying his comment in that in that moment, he made the most wise comment of 2020. He said that when he, he knows the chief of police in the town he lives in, and he said to him, if I do my job, I make your job easier. And he said, there's three laws that govern man. There's civil law, moral law, and spiritual law. And when I do my job as a pastor, then I make your job easier. And he's right, because... In many of these incidents, not all, not all, again, many of these incidences we see in society, even when people, as I said before, are victims, many times they played a hand in their situation. You know what I mean? Oftentimes, oftentimes, in many cases in life, even when people are victims, they played a hand in their situation. Now, I, I say that because when I'm talking about victims of like police brutality, or we talk about people who are, are in poverty. Oftentimes, they've done something to bring that predicament on themselves in America. And again, I always like to emphasize that in the context of America. I'm not talking about someone living in Calcutta. I'm not, ta I'm not talking about a sewer kid. And I hate to use the term sewer kid, but it's a child who lives in the sewer. I'm not talking about one of the children who, are, who are, have almost seemed like they've been cursed to live in the sewer of Colombia. So now who I'm talking about, I'm talking about people in the United States of America. Let's be clear. Many people have done something to themselves to put themselves in that predicament. Now, in the context of people who are in prison, they have committed crimes. But again, if you are spiritually in line with the way God wants you to be, if you adhere to the principles of Jesus Christ, you're not going to commit crimes. You're not going to sell dope. You're not going to rob people. You're not going to murder people. You're not going to do any of these things. Therefore, you're not going to go to prison. And that's the fundamental flaw in many of the progressives, the Marxists. They have this view that society is evil because of power structure. But even when power structures are changed, the evil still persists. So then what is your answer? Because if your answer is new power structures, but if power structures are inherently evil, then even creating a new power structure still will be evil. It's a fatal flaw in the Marxist worldview. That's the problem. That's ultimately the problem. You know, I was on a show, I know my episode is airing kind of late, but I was on a show I'm called Let It Rip. It's the local Detroit show. And when the host asked one of the women on the panel about Black Lives Matter being Marxist, she wouldn't even answer the question I robbed. She danced around. She danced around. And I'm not saying this woman is a horrible person. I don't know anything about her. But she danced around the question because she didn't want to answer it outright. So these people are trying to usher in a Marxist revolution as though Marxism is going to fix things. But everywhere Marxism has raised its ugly head, it leaves blood spill everywhere. So you, so you can't tell me, you can't tell me that 
America is going to be fixed with the Marxist revolution. Because it's not. It's not going to be fixed with the Marxist revolution. You know, the thing about it is, is that with Marxism, the danger is that they're atheistic. So when you have a worldview that feels that it answers to no one but them, they answer to no one but themselves and to the collective, then whatever the collective decides is what goes. And if a bad idea permeates the collective, then that means that the rest of the people are going to be at mercy of this horrible idea of the collective. It, it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't add up. Excuse me. And that's something people have to understand. That's something people really have to understand is you, you cannot, you, you cannot fix society without fixing the man. And the only way you fix the man is through Jesus Christ. And a lot of people get offended by me saying that. They get offended by me saying that because they're saying, oh, well, you're telling tell me that if a person that's a Christian, that if a person isn't a Christian, they're a horrible person. Yes. I'm saying that about everybody. In fact, I would add to it that even Christians are horrible people in the sense that humans are wretched, wicked sinners. I don't care who you are, Christian or not a Christian. They're horrible because that's people. People is people is people is people. The thing, however, however, as a Christian, you have been transformed by the Holy Spirit. So you suppress your wickedness with the help of God. You know, as I grow in my relationship with God, I realize how much more I need him. The closer you get to God, the stronger the voice of the Holy Spirit is in you. And so when you have a sinful thought or have a sinful temptation, the Holy Spirit speaks very loud and suppresses that desire. Sometimes effectively, sometimes not. It should be more times effectively than not. But then when the Holy Spirit is speaking and saying, no, don't do that. You confront it with your own wickedness. You confront it with your own wickedness in a way that makes you realize how much more you need God than you realize. We need God. And that's the ultimate thing that the Marxists do not want. They want to be God. And that has been the problem of humanity since, for, since our existence. We want to be God. We want to be in control. We don't want to give ourselves over to the Lord. We instead want to be the Lord. And you cannot fix a spiritual problem with the government solution. And this is why the body of Christ must rise up. Whether you're talking about justice, whether you're talking about poverty, crime, sadness, depression, people are medicated more than ever and more miserable. America, we're, they're the wealthiest country on the planet, and yet you got people hating their lives. There needs to be some perspective here. 
people are forsaking a permanent fellowship with God for their carnal desires. Every country is different. But in America, what's fueling much of the separation from God is lust. It's lust. Of course, it's ultimately, as my theology teacher, uh, my essential Christian doctrine teacher told me, told the class rather, that the human heart is curved in on itself. And it was so funny, Dr. Lewis said, Dr. Kevin Lewis at Biola University, uh, I was sitting there and when he said that in class, I'm like, boy, is he right. That the problem is, is the human heart is curved in on itself instead of curved, not curved, but fixed towards God. And with the human heart being curved in on itself, we're always going to go after our own sinful inclinations first and foremost. And the concerns of God are an afterthought, if they're even a thought at all. And that is ultimately the problem in our society. And the people of America don't want to hear that. We want to live this Epicurean lifestyle, but still want spiritual connection with God. That's why people are going into witchcraft. Because with, in witchcraft, everything is permitted. It's all permissible. Depending on the type of black magic, they even advocate murder. Or sacrifices. It just depends. I know some people will push back and say that they're a Wiccan. And I guess that's why I said some. Because people want to control the spiritual realm instead of God controlling them. That is the problem in our society. That is something people don't understand. They don't want to understand. They don't want to follow God. They want to follow themselves. Now, depending on where you live, it materializes differently. That heart curvature. In America, our biggest problem is sexual sin. That's why I spend so much time talking about it. That's why I talk about it so much because that is the thing that many Americans are forsaking God for. People are literally willing to suffer eternal conscious punishment in hell for their orgasm. And I say it in that way because how else can you say it? It is what it is. And that's crazy to me. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. We've made an idol of sex. We've made sex the pinnacle of our self-actualization. When the ultimate self-actualization is rooted in Christ, Christ shows us who we are. He is our ultimate fulfillment. Instead of finding ultimate fulfillment in God, we find ultimate fulfillment in self-pleasure. We are a society of pleasure lovers. It's not so much that Americans are so violent, people are violent. Of course, violence is a problem everywhere. Most people aren't killers. Most people aren't rapists. Why do I keep saying rapers? I'm telling you, it's like I'm five. But most people have no regard for sexual morality. And in consequence, 
They forsake relationship with God in order to pursue their sexual pleasures. So whatever is causing people to lose or causing people to misfellowship with God is what we have to address. And in the context of America, it happens to be sex. And it's a shame. And the enemy is using that tool. But see, the consequence of that separation is beyond sex. Sex is simply the tool the enemy is using in America most frequently to separate people from God. And we fall for it because we would get pleasure from it. And that's what's happening. And no one seems to care. We see our pastors, and I say our and provide as a whole, falling because of sexual sin. One of the biggest Christian universities in America, Jerry Falwell, he had to step down because his wife was having an affair with a man and the man was extorting him for money and he took a picture with a lady and their belly out and they unzipped their pants and it just looked really weird. But that isn't even the worst of the next two. I talked about yesterday of the man who's a pastor who was getting teenage boys to have sex with his wife and his wife were having sex with teenage boys together. You had a pastor somewhere in one of the New England states. I can't remember where I, I, I where in the New England states that leaves my mind. He was having sex with underage girls. You had Pastor John Gray within three years get caught again cheating on his wife. It's like even the leadership in many churches can't even control their sexual impulses. Now, this is nothing new. You've always had corrupt clergy or clergy who's fallen. Now, with John Gray and Jerry Falwell, it seems more of they've fallen, whereas the other two people were actually engaged in predatory criminal behavior. John Gray and the Falwells, it doesn't appear with predatory, it was it not appear, it wasn't predatory criminal behavior. But the other two was predatory criminal behavior. But this is what's happening in America. This is what's happening. And the enemy is getting in through the schools. Like I told you about me sitting on a sex education board. They want to take kindergartners and teach them that some people have two mommies and two daddies. And our parents are going to have, and tell them that it's normal and it's okay. So the kid's going to grow up and say, oh, if I'm going to have sex with the same sex, that's fine. The thing about it is, folks, you cannot be in unrepentant sin and be in fellowship with God. That's the thing about being a Christian. I always say the Christian life is not one of perfection, but one of repentance. The Christian life is not a person. The Christian is not a person who doesn't sin. Like I was saying earlier, when a sinful thought or a sinful desire or a sinful inclination comes to me, the Holy Spirit represses it. And then I'm reminded of my sinfulness. That doesn't mean I don't fall. Like me and my sister were having a conversation that even though that we're, we know that we are forgiven in Christ, but there's a difference between premeditated sin and me in the heat of a moment getting angry. Saying the heat of in the moment, I'm angry and I say something like, ah, without thinking about it. Then me plotting and planning like, okay, 
I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I think I'm going to do it anyway. God forgive me. He'll be all right. You know, and that's the idea that has permeated much of America. It's this idea that I'm not, God knows it. He'll be all right. No, he'll be all right. God is unbothered. You are. The question is, will you be okay? And that's the million dollar question that many people fail to understand. And we have to get back to a point in our nation that realizing that the answers to our problems are Christ. Now, of course, you have had people who reject God. That is nothing new. I remember, and like I said, talking about sex, I remember I gave a presentation last summer at a conference in New York for um, cross-examined ministries. We, um, it wasn't for the ministry, but it was the Instructors Academy, and we all had to give presentations, and they critiqued our presentations. And I remember when I was giving my presentation about the logical case for hell. And I talk about hell a lot because that is what we're trying to get people to turn to Christ for, to be saved from. But nevertheless, um, while I was researching for my presentation about the logical case for hell, I listened to a sermon from um, Al Mohler. Uh, I think he's the president of Southern Baptist. He's the president of a theological theology school. I think it's in Kentucky. Nevertheless, he said, he, he quoted a, um, a British author who said, getting rid of hell was the necessary prerequisite, prerequisite for everyone jumping in bed together. Let me say that again. Getting rid of hell was the necessary prerequisite for everybody jumping in bed together. So you remove the fear of God from people's hearts and people's lives so they all can have just this big sex fest. And we know that in 1960s, that was the spring of the sexual revolution. But when we remove God from our hearts to gratify our licentiousness and our sexual desire, God has been removed from our lives altogether. So every evil thing the enemy has for you, every evil thing that Satan is waiting in the, in the gallows to usher into your life, to tempt you with, you have no defense. See, when you have a relationship with God, it's not that you're not going to have problems and troubles and you can just, everything is going to go away. However, when you have a relationship with God, you can stand the winds of this life in this world so much better. And God will guide you and show you what to do and what not to do. But when we are separated from God, Satan has free reign in our lives. And people have forsaken relationship with God to indulge their sexual desires. So we did away with hell. We did away with fear of God. So we can all hop in bed together. And then after that, the doors open for all these other problems to come crashing through society. Depression, violence, drug abuse. You know, scripture says that when we sexually sin, that's the only sin that we actually commit against ourselves. Now, of course, as a human being in my finite knowledge, I don't know all the intricacies of 
how we're impacted specifically spiritually through sex. But I would surmise that the fact that you can create another human being with someone, that that's a very, it's a very spiritual act in and of itself. Because you're creating another person who also has a spirit, who also is a Marco Day. And all types of things, all types of, if a person has demonic possession, I know it's going to sound really crazy me saying that for some people. They're going to be like, what? But having intimate relationships with people who are demonically possessed or oppressed, I strongly believe that a person opens themselves up to possession. Demonic possession is real. How people become possessed, I don't know all the details of it. But I would surmise that the sexual licentiousness in our culture is a lot of spiritual things that are going wrong. You know, and even in scripture, it says that when a man and a woman get married, they become one flesh. So, of course, it's a spiritual thing that's occurring because they don't literally meld together physically. It has to be on a spiritual level. So whether or not I have sex with the man that I stood before God and gave my life to or with my boyfriend or with the guy I met in the bar, spiritual ramifications spiritual realities of the act are still the same. And we further our separation from God to indulge our sexual proclivities. With that, chaos can freely reign in our culture. And people become more out of control. And not only do people spiritually become defunct, not only do people spiritually suffer, not only do people, more people go to hell, but necessarily our government grows. Scripture tells us in Proverbs, when the Proverbs, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked are in rule, the people moan. That's because when the wicked are in power, they do wicked things to the people. So when you have more moral and just people, not only living in the society, but are in leadership roles in a society, the society itself flourishes and is peaceful and is prosperous. When we look at countries, that's why I say when oftentimes when I make um, declarative statements regarding poverty and suffering, I, I, I reduce my comments to America only. Because in many of these other nations, they aren't poor because they didn't work hard enough. They're poor because their government is horrifically oppressive. But if those people didn't live in a country with a wickedly oppressive government, how much better would their lives be? How, how much, you know, you think of what happened in Rwanda. How, um, I forget the guy's name. The lead, I think it was the Hutus who were killing the Tutsis. But he really, he had a radio station where he was telling people to kill Tutsis. And then he had a trucks he would bring into the towns filled with machetes and pass out machetes and telling people to go kill Tutsis. 
And they were literally hacking people to death with machetes. The pain, the frustration, those people feel. I'm not going to say it's, oh, well, just because they didn't pray enough, they weren't close enough to God. No! Talk about the victims, of course. But if the people in the town, in the country, the man with the radio station who brought in the machetes and wasn't broadcasting on a radio to go kill two seasons, if he had been a follower of Christ, if he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, would he do something like that? No. What about the people in the town? Would they do something? No. They wouldn't. So not only does my spiritual well-being improve, but the society that I dwell in improve as well the closer I am to Christ. So no, Marxist people, a Marxist revolution is not the answer. The answer to improving society is Jesus Christ, the one thing Marxists reject. Why is it that Marxist Revolutions and regimes are so violent because they're atheistic. They answer to no one but themselves. They see you as nobody. That's their philosophy. But when I see you and I see another person who is a Marco Day, I treat you so differently. I love you. And when we love each other, our society will necessarily improve. It won't be perfect, but our society will necessarily improve. But people do not want to give up their sin. You can't have God in your sin too. Again, the Christian life is not one of perfection. It is one of repentance. It is one of humility. However, you cannot forsake God for your inclinations and think he's going to rescue society. God is not going to save you from the mess that you keep creating on purpose. He's not. He's not. And that fundamental failure to understand humanity and our wicked capacity it's where the Marxists fall flat. And they're gaining more steam. And now they're just simply claiming that they're pushing their Marxist revolution to fight racism. And that's always been the fatal flaw in the America's so systemically racist, racism, 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 racism. You, you can't push that idea and then say, okay, well, that's just what it is. The next answer is, well, what are we going to do about it? And when the Marxists push it, their answer is, let's overthrow the government and change the power structures. Where we realize, actually, any problem, I mean, when people say something stupid, like, we got to eliminate racism. Have we been able to eliminate rape and murder? And that's the reason why I also talk about racism a lot. Not so much that I feel like racism is this endemic problem. It's because that's the thing the left is using to overthrow American society. Satan is using sex to overthrow you spiritually. 
and the regressive left are using racism to overthrow or suppress America. And that's why those two topics are so important. Not from the details of the act of sex or the, 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 the transgression of racism, but the fatal flaw of how the world or the secularists understand the realities of those topics. Because their worldview regarding the reality of those topics permeate and justify, or they attempt to justify their actions. So with sex, if sex is just a self-affirming act of pleasure, not something God created to make people as a primary and the bonding of a man and a woman in a covenant marriage, the second purpose, you're going to have a totally different viewpoint. Then the person who says it's about self-affirming and pleasure and then, oh yeah, by the way, you can make kids too. You have someone who doesn't understand the realities of life in that way and they have a flawed understanding of reality altogether and their idea of trying to fix racism is by overthrowing American society and implementing public policy that downs capitalism, downs this, then we're going to have a problem because you're still going to have evil. This does, that doesn't solve the problem of evil. And racism is not the worst evil in the world. It's what you do with that feeling. If I hate you because you're black, if I hate you because you're a woman, if I hate you because I don't like the look of your face, I hate you because I hate you. The reason why I hate you should not upset us it's the fact that I hate you. That's, that's what should be our concern. For regardless of why I hate a person, if I am in fellowship with Jesus Christ, no longer I will hate the person, regardless of what my reason is. So if we want to fix our society, get on those knees, open that Bible, and you cry out to God. Because that's the only thing that will fix the problems we see in our society. Government can't do it. Only God can do it. All right. Thank you for tuning in to it's Solid Food. We are on all major podcast platforms. You can check out my website at www.christinacaramo.com. Yes, you better check it out too. All right. So check out my website, www.christinacaramo.com. Thank you for listening um also you can follow me on facebook at the christina caramo project instagram at caramo the great that's gr and the number eight also on youtube at the christina caramo project and remember to be brave to be bold because the gospel of jesus christ must be told toodles